And I am confident that if you will listen, God will give you exactly what you need tonight and bless you with his word. Brother Soto, thank you so much for coming. Please take your liberty. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. I want to preach to you about your ministry of worship. I felt caution because this is a subject that oftentimes brings resistance. There is a, I don't know exactly what word I want to use, but there is a stigma associated with worship being preached at a camp meeting service. Some people think, well, you just want to break the bat and go. But I have felt in the spirit this is precisely what the Lord wanted me to preach. And in only as God can do. Let me tell you something. There are three dimensions that you can get into in a church service. The first dimension is, you ready for this? Presence. And we have felt the presence of God. The second dimension that you can get into in a church service is power. And we have felt the power and we have seen the power of God. But the third dimension is the glory. And God is using his glory as a backdrop to show somebody that this is not a dine-in situation. This is a carry-out situation. This is to go home. John chapter 4 verses 23 and 24 says, Yet the hour is coming and now is here. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Everybody say true worshipers. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. You may be seated. The Lord said that he is looking for true worshipers. And if there are true worshipers, then there must also be false worshipers. If there is true worship, then there must also be false worship. And there are churches that are unintentionally involved in false worship. It is a kind of worship that is worshiping worship. The reason why I'm preaching to you is because I believe there is something special in this place. But if you go to the lower 48... There is a riptide spirit that is trying to pull the heart out of our apostolic churches. And there is a desire to refine the power of God right out of our services. And people are substituting the true worship of the one true living God with the false worship of worshiping Worship. The church world has made worship an end of itself. But worship was never intended to be an end of itself. It was always designed to be a pathway into the presence of God. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you something right now? The word of God says that the glory of the Lord is our defense. When Solomon made a sacrifice to God, 122,000 sheep, 22,000 oxen, the Bible says the glory of the Lord filled the temple. It was so powerful, the priest could not even stand to minister. Now I want to tell you something. If the glory of God is so powerful that the preacher can't preach, do you think the devil's going to get his agenda through in that service? We need the glory of God to be the defense of the church. In Jesus' name, we need true worshipers. And I want to tell you that praise and worship isn't a stage with spectators. You look at how churches are designing their new facilities. 
Increasingly, the church world has constructed the worship service as a spectator event. Everyone expects the people on stage to perform while everybody in the crowd is sitting. And they are fulfilling the expectation that is upon them to be still, to be quiet. Don't contribute. Watch the spotlighted singers and worshipers and the well-rehearsed concert. I want you to know the people that were on the platform this evening, they were not performing. They were leading us somewhere. They led us to the throne room of God. Don't trade what you have, Alaska, Yukon. Don't you sell it out. Don't refine it out. Jesus. Jesus. And I want to tell every musician and singer on on this platform and in this place, can I tell you, you need to understand something, that the response is not for you. I said the response is not for you. If everybody can lift up the name of Jesus high, the glory of the Lord is going to fall. In Jesus' name. I feel the directive of the Spirit because I can hear the echo of your thoughts. Those of you who are in this place and you are in isolated places, And the congregation is small. And you are here and you're saying, oh, I wish that we could have this at home. And you think this is an oasis stop for you. Oh, I've come to tell you something's about to change in your local church. I said something is about to change in your local church. And it's not going to change when your pastor changes. It's going to change when you change. And you realize that you have a powerful ministry of praise and worship to God. Yes. What your church needs is true worship. You see, it's the true worship that keeps the oil in the engine. Moving without unnecessary friction. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been in a service that had all the right parts, but not true worship? And things didn't flow the way they were supposed to. And the outcome was not what God wanted it to be. The sermon was lacking something. And the altar call was lacking fire. Can I tell you that a well-planned service that is lacking true worship is simply a production. And a production is not what... It's not what Alaska needs. It's not what the Yukon area needs. They need to feel the glory. Hey, this is, I want you to know something. This is coming from somebody. I'm telling you, I'm, bringing, I'm just telling you right now, our, our, fastest, our, our greatest growth demographic for our church is coming from the charismatic movement. There are people, they are coming from traditional churches, and the charismatic movement is teaching them worship, and it's teaching them praise, and that's a good thing. They're missing some things. They need to add to their faith. But can I tell you this? Can I tell you those people who are, they have been in many worship services, are walking into an apostolic service, and they're looking around, and they're saying, I thought I knew what praise and worship was, but I was wrong. There is something here that I have never felt before, and that is what I am calling you to. I am calling you to bring in the presence of God, and people are going to say, I thought I knew. When are we going to realize we're not unique because we have contemporary music? When are we going to realize we're not the only ones that have drums on the platform? When are we going to be the only ones with, when are we going to realize we're not the only ones that lift up our hands? We're not. The Christian world is moving in our direction, but there is still a big difference. Oh, there's a big difference between the worship of the charismatic world and what we're feeling in this place right now. True worship doesn't dead end at preaching. 
Can I tell you something? Can I tell you from the heart of a pastor, I preach better when you worship better. Can I tell you the singers sing with more anointing and passion when everybody puts on the ephod? Yes. You can be seated. I've come to tell you, everybody in this place, no matter how powerful your church is, no matter how small your church is, I'm not trying to be uh, mean-spirited, but no matter how dead your church is, I don't know where you've come from. But I've come to say that you have a responsibility to God and you have a responsibility to your pastor and you have a responsibility to that first time guest to realize that you have a ministry when you walk in the doors of the church. You need to stop expecting the best for nothing and you need to stop expecting somebody to to stir you and you need to step into the arena with your game face on ready to drop a praise bomb on the devil. You can be seated. I have a question to ask you. Are you ready for the question? Here's the question. Have you ever been in a dead service before? Don't look. (laughs) My mom's a great cook, but there's one thing she could never figure out, Dad, ever, and you never ate it. Salmon patties. Now, when we say salmon... Don't think Alaska, okay? Please think Walmart. The canned variety. There was a smell that would emanate from our house when my mom was making that stuff. And the problem was, I don't know what it was with mom, but she always overcooked salmon patties. They were dry. I would baptize my salmon patties and ketchup just to try to get it down. You want to talk about nasty. Hey, if anyone wants to give me a new revelation on salmon patties, I'm open. But I'm telling you, I'm pretty jaded, okay? I am jaded. Has anyone ever been in a dry salmon patty kind of service where you're just trying to choke it down and everybody's just trying to get to the finish line because there's nothing going on? There is nothing going on. The service is on lockdown and nobody's supporting the preaching of the word of God. I want to ask you the question now. If you've ever been in a dry service, whose fault was it? I said, whose fault was it? Everybody in this place needs to say, it's my fault. My bad. I let that one get away from me. You stop stop blaming that poor piano player. You stop blaming the drummer that he couldn't get his timing down. You stop blaming the sound man. If we have a bad service... It's my fault. Somebody needs to say never again, never again, never again. I will never be in a dead service again. If you love God, if you love your church, if you love your pastor, and you love the lost, it is time to answer your call to the worship ministry. Now, note takers, I want you to write something down. If you want to be, if you want to be a breakout worshiper, I have a few things that I want to share with you. Are you ready? Number one. Listen, this is about to revolutionize somebody's church. I know it is. It's never going to be the same again. It's never going to be the same again. This is the first thing we need to do. 
if you want to be a breakout worshiper and say yes to your ministry call, you need to be in the pre-service prayer meeting. <laughs> hey, look, I'll tell you straight up. I'm not preaching for a response, but I can tell that that response was a little different than the response we had about three minutes ago. And do you want to know why? Because we praise a God we don't pray to. We would rather praise God than pray to God. I'm going to tell you, musicians, want to jump on the instruments and don't, don't get too excited because this is an illustration. This is not the end of my sermon. Jump on, jump on the, the, we need everybody up. Where did they go? I told them not to leave the platform. In Jesus' name. Preachers don't get mad. They're just grieved in their spirit. I was grieved in my spirit right there for about 0.3 seconds. All right. Now, do you know that song, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So? Do you know the song, Jesus Loves Me? Okay, I want you to play that song. Not now, though. Just get ready to play that song. All right? Anybody know that old song, Not to Us, but to Your Name? Be the Glory? Anybody ever heard that? Anybody know the song, I've Got the Holy Ghost Down in My? Would you please play that on the bass? Now, when I say. All right, when I say. No, 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 you don't have to follow him. That's the point of my illustration. Okay. Do you know the song, Amazing Grace? Have you ever heard that song before? Okay, what song do you know? What's your best song? What's your best song? You got, you got to have words? All right, Brother Glover whispering sweet nothings in his ear. And, all right. Okay. And for you, did you ever hear that song, Come On and Give the Lord the Highest Praise? Hallelujah. Ha. You know that song? Okay, I want you to, I want you to do that. I want you to get ready to play that. I mean, just jam. Kill it. Okay. Okay. Thank you for the Andre Crouch the other day, by the way. That was awesome. Take me back. Right? Take me back. You guys are going to sing Take Me Back. All right. Are we ready? Ladies and gentlemen, aren't you thankful for worship? Oh, I'm thankful for worship. Okay. I want you to click it out. Click it out. Come on and give the Lord the highest praise. Hallelujah. Oh, let's worship the Lord. Isn't that powerful? Now, hold on, hold on, hold on now. Hold on now. They'll worship for anything. They will worship for anything. Here's, here's my point. Here's my point. The prayer room is where we go to harmonize our spirits. We're all coming into church in the wrong key. But when we're in the prayer room, all of a sudden, there's a unity that brings the suddenlies. That's why you need to be in pre-service prayer. Look, class, I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you, you're going to take something home with you. You're about to answer your call to being a breakout worshiper, but you won't be a breakout worshiper if you skip the prayer room. Are there any apostolics in this house? Do you believe the book of Acts? Well, then you know this. You know that Pentecost started with a pre-service prayer meeting. They know that. Yeah. You may be seated. If you do not make prayer a priority, your worship is going to be like a solar-powered calculator. It's only going to be on when the sun is shining.
The prayer room is where you go to get your victory. Worship service is where we put the spotlight on who. See, worship isn't about what you feel. It's about the worth of God and the wonder of God. And the prayer room is where I get the perspective I need so I can be powerful in worship. Now, note takers, write this down. When you're in the prayer meeting, do this. Put your game face on. Everybody say my game face. In other words, I'm asking you to command your strength. Command your strength. Look, we go into services sometimes tired. We go into prayer meetings tired. We walk into prayer meetings disillusioned. But it's time to command your strength and realize there is a God. And remind yourself what he's like. And remind yourself who you are in relationship to him. And you start praying that. And you start reflecting on that. And you get your game face on. Why? It's war. When I step into the... When I step into that sanctuary, look, this isn't just your place to play Pentecostal patty cake. We are tearing down the stronghold of the adversary and we are coming against every spirit that has been dispatched to frustrate the purpose of God. It's war. Everybody say it's war. In other words, I'm getting ready to do something very important. I'm putting my game face on. The stakes are high. Eternity is on the line. Somebody's walking into that service without hope. Somebody's walking in that service, and they think it's their last service, but it's not their last service because it's war. I'm coming against the power of Satan that would attack the people of God. Stop making your pastor crawl through all the weeds to get to a place of anointing and preaching. Why don't you kick those weeds down? And why don't you make a place for the preaching of God's word? It's war. Touch my pastor, Lord. Anoint my pastor, Lord. I pray against every spirit that is coming against him in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, no takers, write this down. Pre-service prayer. Put your game face on. This is war. Command your strength. Command your strength. And then when you leave the prayer meeting, do this. Put your game face on somebody else. (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to have church tonight. Are you ready for this? Brother Glover, come on now. You ready? You ready for this? Come on, Dad. Dad, you ready to have some church? Brother Joe, are you ready? It's war. We're about to do something right now because there's somebody who's clueless. They don't have a clue what's getting ready to happen. And you need to put your game face on them and say, come on now. Are you ready? Put your game face on and then put it on somebody else. See, apathy is contagious. I said apathy is contagious. Ooh, I feel like I'm going to shake that tree just because I feel in the Holy Ghost. I need to shake that tree right now. I just felt a little kickback. I said apathy is contagious. And somebody's church is a testament to that. The devil has hijacked the culture of your worship. And some of us are umbilically tied to the person next to us. I think it's interesting that in many churches, people worship God by rows. There's some people standing and there's some people sitting. I don't know how that is. I don't know if it's biblical or scientific. I only know that people worship God in rows. This row is sitting. This, worship, this row is standing. And then there are always a few weirdos in the front going, blowing kisses to the Lord. I don't know what that's all about. 
Do not let apathy hijack your church. Don't let allow, don't allow apathy to hijack revival in your church. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. This is war. We're going to have revival. That's right. That's right. I'll just shake that tree a little bit longer. You know why there are always a few weirdos up there jumping around doing crazy stuff? Because they know something you don't know. They are on a frequency that you're not on. And if you only felt what they felt, and if you only knew what they knew, you'd be up in the front worshiping God too. Okay, no takers, I need you to write this down. Are you ready? Write this down. If you're going to be a breakout worshiper, you need to understand that worship is not just about you and Jesus. I said it's not just about you and Jesus. Scripture says Judah plowed the fallow ground. Judah means praise. That's what you were telling me, right, Brother Bagwell? Was it Bigwell or Bagwell? I, don't, I still don't know what you're saying, but Bagwell, Brother Bagwell, just before I got up to preach, you turned to me and you said, look, there's no more fallow ground. In other words, this is going to be a great sermon in spite of you, sir. No, that's not what he was saying. What he was saying was this. Are you ready? Soto, you can't miss. You can't miss. Why? All of the ground has been turned over and over and over and over. Praise and worship has prepared a way for the word of God, not just for you, but everybody in this place. Yes. Yes. Now, Worship, worship prepares the ground for everybody. That's why I need you to say, yes, deputize me. I'm ready. I'm going to be a worshiper. It's game over. Game face is on. It's going on somebody else. Pre-service prayer. And you're going to learn, not just you get blessed. And realize this. God doesn't get anything about, out of my preaching, by the way. There's nothing I'm ever going to preach that's going to be like, whoa, I never heard that before. Man, that's, that was powerful. Gabriel, did you hear that? There's nothing I'm going to preach that God is going to say, wow, that's amazing. It's the praise and the worship when God gets something out of a church service. But praise and worship is not just about you and it's not just about him. It's about everybody in that place. Brother Blackshear will attest to this. Clintonville was a tough field. My dad can attest to that. They both pastored the same church. And we shared notes on that. I incidentally pastored for eight years there before I moved on. And uh, I didn't share this with you, but my dad and I are working together again. We co-pastored a long time ago, and now he's co-pastoring where I'm at, and he's a family pastor, and we're having a great time. But Clintonville, Wisconsin, you remember it. It was on lockdown. It was tough. And I remember Wisconsin District was in a place of revival, and my dad had moved us from a district that really wasn't quite as revival-minded. And we had, I'd never been to the place of worship that Wisconsin was in. So the first camp meeting that I went to, it blew my mind. I'd never seen anything like I've seen tonight. Never. And it happened to be a senior camp scenario. And so... We, we, our church was just, it was just rough. That's all I can say. You know, you know a church is rough when their favorite song is, He's never failed me. Yet. <laughs> Tough church. Yeah. Yep. One of the favorite songs. I am determined to hold out. 
to the end. <laughs> They're just holding out, you know? They're tithing everything. No, I'm sorry. Anyway. Place was on lockdown. And so I'm at the senior camp, and I, and I told my, a few of the kids that were in the youth group, all three of us, I was like, hey, man. I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy. I said, this has got to come home. This, this has to come home. We've got to do this at home. And I said, are you with me, Craig? And he's like, well, yeah, I guess. You know, he's kind of a shy kid. Dina, what about you? Are you, are you going to, can we take this home? Can we do this at home? And she's like, yes. I was like, okay, we're going to do this at home. And so Sunday rolls around, and, and I'm, I'm kind of waiting there, and I'm looking at him. And I said, hey, uh, Craig, uh, are you ready for this? And he's like, ready for what? You know, he totally forgot what we were going to do. And I had to remind him. And I told Dina, I said, okay, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. And we went to church. And they were singing the favorite song, you know, I don't remember what song it was, but all I know is that we just decided this is not dine-in, this is a carry-out experience, we need this in our local church, we took responsibility for that, we stood, we worshiped God, everybody else was sitting there like a bump on a pickle, they're just sitting there, nothing's happening, I know it because I'm peeking, I'm like, hallelujah, Jesus, oh Jesus, help us, help us, Jesus. But we just stayed with it. We just kept worshiping God. And you know what? I don't know why. I don't know if Sister Linda Lunt was there when, when you were there. But somebody, I don't know, maybe that's in the, the board minutes way back in the day. Somebody appointed her to let everybody know when he was in the house. And sure enough, we started worshiping God and praising God. And all of a sudden we heard it. Sound like a tornado siren. You know what I'm talking about, Dad. And we, oh, yes. The hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I said, he's in the house. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Oh, I want you to know you can affect the environment of your church. You can take revival home. You can take worship home with you. Yes. Now, I have to confront something nicely, nicely, but I am about to confront something. I need you to understand something, Alaska Yukon District. Okay? Do not be embarrassed by demonstrative worship. Stop being embarrassed. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it has held some of us hostage for far too long. There is nothing to be embarrassed about. Okay, you can be seated. I'm not done yet. Just in case you're here listening to me and you're hearing me and you're a little irritated because you realize somebody's getting ready to dance on your shoes on Sunday and you like it the way it is. I'm here to tell you something. You are not exempt from this sermon. Hey. There's only one kind of person who's exempt. Psalm 115, verse 17. Would you put that on the screen? Psalm 115, verse 17. There's only one kind of person who is exempt. Are you ready for this? Here it comes. The dead praise not the Lord. If you want everybody to know how dead you are, If you want to sit there on your hands and let everybody else carry revival to your city. Who's a worshiper in the house? Let everything that hath breath. Let everything that hath breath. Praise the Lord. Yes. 
Apostolics, do not be embarrassed. Stop it. We are not Baptist-costal. We are Apostolic-Pentecostal. And there is something powerful about the worship of a one-God tongue-talking apostolic. You can be seated. Look, I don't know where you come out with these ideas. Well, is he in the spirit? That's what I want to know. Is he in the spirit? And you got your little badge on, you know. I am in the spirit patrol. I don't think she's in the spirit. I don't think he's in the spirit. You, you, do you want to consider the end result of your doctrine? So, you have to be in the spirit to praise God. Really? Really? Where'd you get that verse? Because if that's true, you better not clap your hands unless you're in the spirit. We need to realize that sometimes praise precedes presence. I mean, our worship leaders, it seems like that's the only verse they know, you know. God inhabits the praises of his people. Well, we've heard that enough times to know that verse is saying that sometimes praise precedes presence. In other words, we begin to praise him and the Lord says, oh, they're throwing a party for me. I guess I better come show up. You need to stop policing all the praisers and you need to start to build a house of praise and worship for God to dwell in. Amen. You know, this demonstrative stuff is not something to be embarrassed about. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. 146 times the Bible talks about Worshiping the Lord with extended hands. 156 times it talks about loud singing and music. 92 times the Bible references shouting. 165 times it talks about being clamorously foolish, raving and boasting. 149 times it talks about spontaneous acts of jubilee. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your favorite one. How many times does the Bible reference that? Six times. Six times the Bible talks about clapping your hands. And I believe this. If the Bible says it once, you should do it. But if you're going to clap your hands, you should do it the way the Bible says. It says, oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Psalm 113.1, praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That word praise there is halal, and it means to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave. Psalm 115 verse 18 says, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. The word praise there is barak, and it means to kneel in adoration. Psalm 117 verse 1 says, oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people. The word there is shabak, and it means to address in a loud tone, triumph or glory. Psalm 118 and 1, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. That word there is yadah, and it means to worship with extended hands. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's in the Bible. Hey, hey, there's a verse that totally got me. A verse that totally got me. Because I noticed the weirdos too, okay? 
I notice the weirdos too. And I see some stuff and I'm like, really? Seriously? But this verse got me. Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad at it. You know what that word is? Gael. And it means to spin around under the influence of violent emotion. Look, 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 look. When I was over here, I was doing this. Do you know why? Because the Bible tells me to do it. I'm not embarrassed. I don't care what you think about me. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. I've been filled by his spirit. I have destiny in my veins. Come on, somebody. Don't be ashamed. Yes. Somebody said yes. Now. I'm going to bring this thing to a close, but I want to say this. Look, if you will do this, something is going to happen. Look, your church is irresistible to God. When you say, I just answered my call to the worship ministry. I don't have to be on the platform. I don't have to have a microphone on my, in my hand. And if the only time you worship is when you have a microphone in your hand, you don't understand what worship is about. You're supposed to put the uniform when you're on the schedule and when you're not on the schedule. It's going to bring the glory. Did you hear what I said? I said it's going to bring the glory of God. You won't have to have an organized altar call because people will be receiving the Holy Ghost before the altar call is ever given. People will be delivered, healed, and set free. Can I tell you something? It's going to make a huge impact on the guests that come into the house. Dr. Frank Cummings came to our church, Dr. Frank Cummings, clinical psychologist, did the marriage counseling for the mega church in town. He came to find out what was going on. A young man he had mentored for 12 years, relatively young man in his 40s. He had mentored for 12 years, found the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, and Dr. Frank Cummings was not happy. And he came to Apostolic Truth Church to find out what is going on. He came to the service. I received a phone call from the young man on Monday. He said, Dr. Cummings wants to meet with you and me. We met at a restaurant. I slid into the booth, had my spiritual brass knuckles on. I'm going to knock your head off. You better know what you believe because I'm getting ready to knock your head off. How many of you know baptism in Jesus' name is in the Bible? It's in the Bible. One God, it's in the Bible. I'm ready for you, buddy. I had a big smile on my face. How are you doing, Dr. Cummings? He looked me right in the face, didn't crack a smile. He said, I was at that service yesterday. He said, there was nothing that happened in that service that could have been by accident. He said, all of your kids were in the front worshiping the Lord. He said, I've never seen anything like it. He said, I've never, I'm not getting fed where I'm at. Can I come to your church? Can I be a part of your church? I put the brass knuckles away. When I, was a t when I was 14, 15 years old, me and my friends would do something crazy at the mall. We would stand in the middle of the dining, the big dining area, you know, where all the little restaurants are. We would get together and we would do this. We would have the whole food court going. Somebody call security. Something's going on. Something is wrong. We'd have everybody messed up. And when everybody in the church is doing this, 
They can't help but look. They can't help but look. What do you see? What do you feel? What's going on? Hallelujah. Remain standing with me. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is carry out. The testament to what happened tonight will be revealed on Sunday. Not tonight. Please don't forget. Please don't forget. Now think about this. My, my son, Blake, he's interning at Art Hodges Church right now, 19 years old. But when he was a little guy in kindergarten, he had this problem that when I would let him out of the car, he would get distracted before he got to the door. He loved being outside. And it, like family circle, you know, the little dots trailing where the kid went. I couldn't get him in the school. He would, he would find things to play with, and he just he didn't want to go to school, frankly. One day we were late. And I was driving as fast as I could. And I adjusted the rearview mirror. There's Blake sitting in his car seat. And I said, Blake, I said, look at me. I said, son, you have got to run as fast as you can to get into school today because we're late. Son, God has made you a fast boy. Yeah, Dad, yeah. I'm fast. You're really fast, right? Yeah, Dad, I'm really fast. Son, I'm telling you right now, do not stop running until you get to the front door and you get in that building. Do you promise me, son? Yeah, Dad. Son, you can do this, right? Yep, you're fast. Uh-huh, Dad. And you're going to run all the way. Yes, Dad. Okay? So we were driving a, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say it, but. We, we were driving a caravan. Uh, not everybody can be cool as Brother Blackshear over here driving that big old monster truck, bro. I, I, I was driving a minivan, which is essentially a diaper bag on wheels. That's what it is. And I hit the power door. It opened. I got him out. Went, I said, run, 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 and he ran, and he's running, and he's all proud of himself, and he passed a cute girl, and he's going, and he stopped at the door, and he opened the door for her, and then he looked at me, and he went, at some point on Sunday, you're going to remember what you heard preached. And when you remember what you heard preached, you need to put your praise garment on and get ready for change. Get ready for transformation. Get ready for your pastor to preach like you've never heard him preach before. Somebody said yes. Where's that choir? Because you, you guys were singing something that was so powerful to me. Well, Okay, oh, you have something planned, and we're going to go with it. But this is what I want to do. I want us all just to come forward, and I want us to be commissioned as worshipers in the house of God. We don't need stragglers. If you're unable to walk, I understand. If you're, you know, I get it. If, if there's some sort of an infirmity, I, pr I understand that. And I know that you're up here in spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This is where this message comes out of the laboratory. I hope we've turned over the follow ground right now. And I hope you are ready to receive the word of God. In the name of Jesus. I'm getting ready to pray a prayer. I pray a prayer of faith. 
And for a moment, there will be no music. For a moment, there will be no music because we don't need music to receive this commission. And you guys just pick it up in about a minute, okay? In the name of Jesus, look, would you do me a favor? And I'm not trying to be cute. I'm, I really feel like God wants to do something. But would you just look at the people around you and ask them, do you have your game face on? Just turn around and just ask them, do you have your game face on? 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 By the authority of the word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, I lose a spirit of praise and worship in this house. Shred the atmosphere! Shred the atmosphere!